have an idea of the subcutaneous route of injection? Where is it used? What are its different types? And what are the other different types of injections that we haven't covered yet? Let's get into this descriptive content of information today without any delay. Welcome all to Is Pharmacology Difficult podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Radhika Vijay, MBBS MD Pharmacology. And this is the audio hub to get the best simplified basic tips, strategies, methods, and lots of ideas to learn better, understand better, and make your concepts crystal clear. If you really find and if there's a question hovering in your minds, is pharmacology difficult? Lend me your ears for a while and let in the magic of knowledge. Yes, it's me again after a small break. Yes, breaks and gaps, they are necessary to mark the distinctions of the things that really make a lot of sense and are really worthwhile. Like intramuscular, subcutaneous route is the one where absorption of drugs is via the simple diffusion. But when compared to intravenous, this diffusion process is slow, actually. The site is the subcutaneous tissue under the skin. The drug deposits in this loose tissue. It's richly supplied by nerves, but not by the vessels. Vessels, they are less, and hence, absorption becomes little slow. You cannot administer large volumes via this route. And for your utter surprise, self-injection is very practicable. The reason being the deep penetration is not needed at all. Now let us count the benefits of this wonderful route. I told you already the absorption is quite slow so that it helps in longer period of absorption of drug and consequently the action is also long as compared to intravenous or intramuscular route of injection. Second, repository or depot preparations or implants, they can be given for prolonged action via the subcutaneous route. Now, let's quickly count the demerits of this particular route of injection. First, irritant drugs, if given, they may cause necrosis of the injection site or the tissue cells. Second, if the patient is in shock, Yes, if the patient is vasoconstricted, then never ever try this route. As reduced peripheral circulation, it decreases the absorption rate. Hope you remember, only small volumes of drugs, they can be administered nicely via this route of injection. It is not the cup of tea for large volumes of drugs. Okay, it's a great time to state some real good and apt examples. Vaccines are suitably administered by this route to make the active protein reach the tissue directly via lymphatics and to make sure it doesn't get destroyed midway or elsewhere. 
Classically, insulin is administered to achieve the systemic effects and local anesthetics, they are administered to achieve the local effects. Now, I will be getting you acquainted with few of the special forms designed exclusively for subcutaneous route. The first one is the dermojet. As the name indicates, high-velocity jet of drug solution is projected from microfine orifice via a gun-like instrument. There are no needles actually. The drug slowly permeates the skin layers to deposit in the subcutaneous tissue. The happiness of this method lies in the painless procedure. So it can be easily adopted for mass inoculation. Can you imagine that? Now let's talk about another design. Just imagine a drug is in form of a solid pellet. It will be introduced within the body with the help of trocar and cannula, which actually ensures a slow sustained drug release. And the good examples to know here, they are capital D-O-C-A DOCA, that is one of the corticosteroid abbreviated and the next example is the testosterone pellet. And the final design of drug dosage form for the subcutaneous route are the implants. They can be biodegradable or sialastic. With the sialastic, I mean non-biodegradable. Let's get to know the make of these implants. Suitable materials, they are chosen to make the tubes or capsules to pack up the drug found as crystals. Constant plasma concentration of drug is achieved over months. Good examples given through this form, they are hormones and contraceptives. Non-biodegradable implants, they are removed while the biodegradable implants, they are not. And you might be knowing about so many different types of injections too. Let's throw some light on the leftover roots. The first one is the intraperitoneal. It goes directly in peritoneal space. It promises rapid absorption due to large surface area but might turn out to be little risky. Why? As it may give way to some sort of infections in the susceptible peritoneal space. And yes, it may be painful. You need to follow all the aseptic precautions. Examples? I'm sure you have guessed it right. Dialysis fluids. They are given during renal failure or poisonings. It's very commonly used to administer the drugs during animal testing experiments and you get to see the systemic effects with this particular route of injection. Next, I want to bring to your knowledge discussions about intrathecal and better and well known as intraspinal injections. The drug is administered into the subarachnoid space. You really need to follow all the precautions, aseptic conditions and you should be a well expert. Yes.
skill is needed to administer the drugs via this route. A layman cannot do it and if you are not skilled enough, never try it. As expected, it involves risk and pain. There are no doubts about it. Good points to note here are that blood-brain barrier and the blood CSF barrier, they are all bypassed. Desired and sufficient drugs levels, especially I'm talking about the drug levels in the cerebrospinal fluid, they are achieved as the drugs acts on the spinal cord and the meninges directly. No other roots serve such desired purpose. Did you know that? Examples in support of this particular route, they are xylocaine given for spinal anesthesia and whenever there is a need to visualize the spinal cord, especially I'm talking about procedures like myelography, then contrast media, they can be administered easily via this route. Both the local effects as well as the systemic effects, they can be achieved. And when we get to talk about the systemic effects, they are seen when infectious meningitis, it is treated with antibiotics. Next, in my list, I have intramedullary administration, the injected drug. It reaches the tibial or the sternal bone marrow. This is a very rapidly acting route. Large veins, they are connected directly with vascular spaces of bone marrow. But again, this route is risky and it's so damn painful. Be sure to follow all the strict precautions and aseptic conditions and mind it. You should be an expert or a skilled person. Else, don't try it. Good examples for this route, they are the bone marrow transplantation. Really, we're gonna use this particular route for blood transfusion. If we do that, that in kids because the veins they aren't seen. Systemic effects they are achieved via this particular route. That's all for this one. Now let's shift our discussions towards intra-arterial drug administration. The drug goes into the lumen of the desired artery. Sufficient drug concentrations they are achieved at the desired site. But for this route too, you need to be skillful and follow all the aseptic conditions. I think you have to be skillful for each and every injection. Examples are contrast media for angiographies, be it a cerebral or it would be a coronary angiography. Many anti-cancer drugs, all to treat the malignancy of the limbs, they are given via this route. The drug is perfused through the artery. Remarkable feature is mainly of the local effects. Yes, I mean to say no systemic effects are seen because when the particular area is supplied by the artery, it generally shows local effects. And lastly comes today's little lengthy session to an end intra-articular administration now as the name suggests the drug is received in the joint space advantages they are localized effects high concentration at the joint space again it's painful and risky that's really sad 
avoid repeated administration because that may damage the joint. Follow all the aseptic conditions strictly. Examples are the localized effects they are achieved when steroids like hydrocortisone or gold chloride injections. I know you remember the drugs for the treatment of rheumatoid arthritis. They are given by this particular route, especially when we talk about the rheumatoid arthritis, then these drugs are used, especially I'm talking about the gold salts. I hope you remember the treatment. Now, few words about the epidural injection. Lidocaine injection is given during epidural nerve block and that provides a local effect as the drug is injected through the vertebral interspace between the dura of the spinal cord and the spinal canal lining. And finally, a line about intracardiac injection. I'm sure you've heard about it. Long needle is used to enter the heart muscle through the left fourth intercostal space close to the sternum. And you might have heard about the intracardiac adrenaline. It is given to provide local effect during sudden cardiac arrest. With such a load of information and facts, it's high time to wave a bye for today's episode. You know, good talks make good memorable meetings, right? For all the updates and latest episodes of my podcast, please visit www.ispharmacologydifficult.com where you can also sign up for a free monthly e-newsletter of mine. It actually contains a lot of updates about the medical sciences, drug information and my podcast updates also. You can follow me on different social media handles like Twitter, Insta, Facebook and LinkedIn. They all are with the same name is Pharmacology Difficult. If you are listening for the first time, do follow me here whatever platform you are consuming this episode. Stay tuned. Do read and review on iTunes, Apple Podcast. Stay safe. Stay happy. Stay enlightened. Thank you.